Hello. You are listening to the Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast. We are here to walk with parents on their unwanted journey of child loss, guiding them to a place of hope, light, and purpose, not in spite of their child's death, but as a way to honor his or her life. And now, here is your host, author, speaker, and bereaved parent, Laura Deal. Today, I'm talking with Sarah Nelson. Sarah connected with GPS Hope back in 2017, and we had one of those instant friendship-type connections. Since then, we have vacationed together with our husbands in Branson. We shared a condo. Dave and I have stayed in their home in Arizona, and Sarah and her husband Dennis brought their camper to a campground we were staying in with the Hope Mobile so we could spend a few days together. Sarah lost her only child, Jeanette, in 2014, so much of what we will be talking about relates to the loss of an only child. So let's go ahead and listen. Well, Sarah, it's good to see you, even though it's uh, (laughs) not face-to-face, it's uh, face-to-face online. Mm -hmm. It's good. (laughs) Yeah, and you and I, we have been blessed to be able to spend time together here and there over the last few years. And God has blessed us with a friendship that has developed. Mm-hmm. And, yes. and uh, I, I know the feeling's mutual. We both feel mm-hmm. like God brought us into each other's lives. And yeah, so Sarah, I lean on you uh, quite a bit when I hear from parents who lost their only child. And the reason is because that's you. You lost your only child, your daughter, Jeanette. And so I would really like to start out by you sharing your story and Jeanette's story with the listeners, please. Well, Jeanette and I are really close. And part of that, I think, is because um, during her childhood, we were a military family. And so we moved around a lot. And Dennis wasn't always with us. Um, There was one whole year when he did an unaccompanied assignment. And so it was just Jeanette and me. And I think for that reason, we bonded very closely as a mother and daughter. And then when she grew up as an adult, um, she became a teacher. I was a teacher. So we had that in common. And some people even thought we were more like sisters than mother and daughter uh, once she was grown up. So yeah, we had a very tight knit relationship. And so when she was gone, when she died, that was, I, I, well, let me back up a little bit before that. The last year of her life, she started having health issues. She started having uh, seizures and we never did find out why she was having seizures. Now, how old was Jeanette at this point? What was the cause of that? Um, The test said inconclusive. And there was a lot of talk about stress. And she was under a lot of stress during that last year um, in her teaching. She had some challenges in the classroom as a teacher with with some students. And uh, also in the fall of 2013, she and her husband separated and they were planning to get a divorce. So there was a lot of stress there. So they say that stress can cause seizures. Now, how old was Jeanette at this point? She had just turned 36 right before she died. Yeah. So what ended up being the cause of death? Did they ever find out what um, Um, what happened? Well, she appeared to have had a massive heart attack. And 
And I want to say this too, for a few reasons, we didn't get the autopsy report to find out all the things that were going on in her body. I didn't want to know because it's not like getting a lab report from a doctor when you can do something about it. Right. If there were things that the autopsy showed that we could have done something about, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to know that. Right. So, so we opted not to get it. It's, and it's, and some people that uh, have had a child die told us it's really, really difficult to look at an autopsy report for your child. So we opted not to. So that being said is that there are things about her condition that we don't know. There are questions that aren't answered. Mm-hmm. What caused the seizures and uh, what was the condition of her heart that caused her to have a heart attack at 36? We didn't even know there's a heart problem. So there's unanswered questions there. And, and I'm just going to leave it at that. I mean, I, there's some things I'm, I think I'm better off not knowing. <laughs> yeah, and, and we're all different. And I really appreciate you sharing that because we are all different. And, and it's okay to just not know. I, like you said, I, I, yeah, I, th- I think I might be the same way. I mean, I know how Becca died. We, you know, that was our whole story. But I, I could see it going either way because, like you said, if there were things, if we had only known, then that would, could torment you. And mm-hmm. we're tormented enough. Yeah. Yeah. So when was that? It was in February of 2014. Okay. So it's been six years for you. Yes. And um, it was right after her birthday. Her birthday's in January. So it was exactly three weeks from her birthday. Mm. And I think that was another thing that was hard to, was, you know, you're celebrating her birthday and all of that that goes into that as a mom and daughter. And then Mm. to have her die a few weeks later, that hit me really hard. Going back to her being an only child and us being very close, you know, there are, there are some people who their, their adult child was married and they had grandchildren. Mm-hmm. And uh, because of the rocky state of their marriage, there were no children, which I think was probably a blessing that, you know, there weren't children that were mourning for their mother. But, uh, you know, some people have a grandchild from their child that died and that gives them someone to pour out all that love to. Right, right. And so we don't even have that. So there's, there's a hole there. There's an empty place there. You know, I've thought about different, different ways to fill that void, kind of adopting more or less some other um, young person, her age, mm-hmm. or, you know, but God hasn't really opened that door. I, I have good friends. There were Jeanette's friends her circle of friends who are around her age and um, they're still in our lives and, and we're good friends, but there isn't that special relationship, you know, Mm -hmm. like, like someone who would fill that void. There isn't that. And I, I don't know if there will be, you know, we kind of hope for that, Mm -hmm. but I don't, I don't know if that's even really possible to have that. Or or maybe younger children that it would seem like, that need a grandma and grandpa <laughs> that yeah, God and, would bring into your life. And, and, you know, I'm open to that too. And I'm kind of, I kind of uh, am on the lookout for that. But again, God hasn't really opened that either. So right. just kind of leaving it there in God's hands. Lord, is there someone mm-hmm. 
that we could be grandparents to? Mm -hmm. um, is there someone that could be a child to us that needs a mom or dad figure? And, mm -hmm. you know, it hasn't opened up yet. So we'll just wait, wait and see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And bringing that up, I think about, I tend to call them layers, I guess, when we lose a child. Every single loss is a different loss. And every loss has different layers to that loss. Mm -hmm. Like some, like you lost Jeanette totally unexpected out of the blue, not even knowing there were health issues for, and, and then there's that, you know, I didn't get to say goodbye. I didn't know this was coming. I was so blindsided kind of a thing. And then you have my layer <laughs> per se is Becca being so ill, my daughter being so ill for so long and needing a heart transplant and Okay, so you can kind of see it coming, but until it does, you're still holding on to hope and, and the ages make so much difference. You know, a younger child, you, you have to grieve, not knowing what they're going to be like as an adult for you and I, we lost one of our best friends because we had turned that corner with our daughters mm -hmm. and we enjoyed doing life together and had right. a friendship. So we, that's a loss that we grieve, but in your loss with losing an only child. And then on top of that, like you said, not having grandchildren, even to pour that love into what are some of the things that you, maybe you realized right away that you lost because of Jeanette being your only child? And what are some of the things that maybe you've realized along the way? It's taken you maybe a few years to realize, oh my goodness, this is not going to happen in our life or what, you know, those kinds of things mm -hmm. with the loss of an only child. Because I, I know that I know there are things that you deal with that I don't because I have other children. So what are some of those things, Sarah? Um, well, I think we've kind of touched on it, just the, the fact that we had such a close relationship and that's missing. And I don't know if I could have that kind of relationship with somebody else. Mm -hmm. Right. Even though I would like to, I mean, that's that I don't think I can just expect that there would be someone that I could pour out that kind of love to and be that close to. Right. Um, right. And, right. you know, and not having grandchildren. And, um, you know, there's, <laughs> there's, there's little things like we used to text. And I think at first, I missed that. Mm -hmm. I missed being able to just text her on my phone or say, hey, let's go out and get a cup of coffee or um, because we we're both teachers, you know, let's go out for breakfast before we mm -hmm. go to school this mm -hmm. morning, that kind of thing, you know, not being able to do that. I noticed that right away. And then a little bit further on, when Dennis and I, my husband and I would go on a trip, I would be taking pictures to show her when we got mm -hmm. home. And I'd be looking forward to getting home and telling her about our trip. And I know the first few times we went away and came home, it, there was an empty feeling of, um, I won't be able to tell her about the trip. Mm -hmm. And even the last uh, couple of trips we've been on, I barely took any pictures because I just, it's not that I thought this through, but it was in the back of my head somewhere that why should I take a lot of pictures? Because mm -hmm. Who am I going to show right. them to? Right. And, and then I realized, well, I cheated myself out of those memories. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, uh, and there's, 
Um, there's just things like that that you encounter along the way, things that you would have done with them, and now they're not here to do them with you. And um, places that we uh, commonly went to here um, in our area, and now we go there and we remember her, and it's a bittersweet memory. It's a yeah. good memory. I like that memory, but it's also, oh, she's not here to do that with anymore. Mm -hmm. I know one thing that we've talked about, a couple things that are coming to my mind right now. One of them is at some point, I know that you've mentioned to me about, you think about how as you get older, that our kids are going to take care of us. Right. And it seemed like that was one of those things that you thought about a little bit further down the line. It wasn't a thought that hit you right, right. away. Maybe I'm remembering wrong. No, that we did. We did talk about that. And uh, I kind of, I think I just kind of put that, <laughs> I pushed that aside. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes, because, yes, uh, I remember yeah, that. Yeah, because, you know, you expect, I, I know this isn't always true. It depends on family dynamics mm -hmm. and relationships. But you kind of hope that when you're old and, you know, like, I, I'm thinking like mm -hmm. 80s or 90s. Right, yeah. Expect yeah. your child to be there for you mm -hmm. to help you in those older years, and you don't know what your phys physical condition will be at that point, you don't know mentally where you're going to be at that point, mm -hmm. and you would hope that your children would be there to take care of you and help you through it. And we don't know, I mean, that is a total open ended mm -hmm. thing who is going to be there for us at yeah. that time of our lives. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And uh, so well, maybe, I, maybe the four of us will be retired in a campground somewhere <laughs> <laughs> together. <laughs> yeah. I think about some happy, silly things, you know, who are my friends that I want to be in a nursing home with. <laughs> um, but on the serious side of it, you know, I, I think that it's important to be cultivating relationships with people I don't know really how to say this, not so that they'll be there for us when we get old, but mm -hmm. just if we're cultivating good relationships with people, then we know that there will be mm -hmm. a support system yes. for us later on. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it's kind of a, um, in, in building relationships now, mm -hmm. it's kind of with that thought in mind. Uh, although I it's not like that's why I'm building relationships. Right, right, right. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I can definitely see that. And a, another thing I think about is not having, you think about how you're going to hand things down to your children. Right. Heirlooms or yeah. things that meant something. And now there's nobody to hand them down to. Yes. And that's another thing too. And in, in, in my house, all of the little mementos that mean something, who wants them? I know this, this was a concern to my mother. She mentioned this a few times in her old age and she wasn't, uh, she had some dementia in her, her later years. And, and yet she would still mention this about her things going to a, a thrift, a thrift mm, store, mm -hmm. like to Goodwill or something. She yeah. didn't like that thought of, of the things that she valued just being put in a thrift thrift store for sale. And uh, now I understand that. I, I mm -hmm. relate to that as well. And I know we have, I have some nieces that I'm close to that would be happy for some things. And I've, 
after Jeanette died, um, one of the things I did with her things was I gave special things to people, to my nieces and to friends who I knew that they would mean something to. But as for the rest, you know, um, this is one of the kind of scary thoughts is if something happened to me, let's, God forbid, but what mm -hmm. if, what if there was a car accident and both Dennis and me were gone and who would take care of our house? Yeah. You know, these are mm -hmm. thoughts that we think about. <laughs> mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's yeah. There's just so much there that, yeah, unless you've actually been in that place, it just, I, I <laughs> you and I've talked about this, but just, it's so, it's hard enough to, to lose a child in the dark place it takes you to, but then to lose your only child, I just, I can't imagine just the darkness and the things that have to be worked through to come mm -hmm. out of that darkness. Right. And our identity, part of our identity is wrapped up in being a mom mm -hmm. in, in yeah. our children. I don't, I think we, we've talked about this before because I, I wanted to know, because it's for me, because of our friendship, sometimes it's hard for me to talk about what my kids and my grandkids are doing because you can't reciprocate the conversation. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I just got a kick out of, and I actually thought thought today, you know, Sarah, sometimes she does have it pretty good in that sense, <laughs> is you shared with me, do you remember what you shared with me? I, I was sharing with you some of the family drama. <laughs> <laughs> was going on with our kids, my kids. And do you remember what you shared with me? I've had this conversation come up in my grief support group that I facilitate too about siblings and um, relationships af among siblings mm -hmm. and with the parents. That's a complication that I don't have. Yes. Um, I don't have to worry about are are these are these kids getting along or how do I communicate with them? Um, are they upset with me because I'm not giving mm -hmm. them enough love? All of those types mm -hmm. of things that can come up when there's other children involved. I don't have to deal with that. Mm -hmm. And and uh, so I know this sounds really nuts, but I'm kind of glad. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's exactly what yep that's what I was remembering was sometimes you tell yourself I'm not dealing with that stuff <laughs> yeah. and it and it uh, it can be helpful to look at it from that perspective at times yeah and and really all of the grief things that we go through we have to find that perspective where there's we can sneak in a little bit of humor mm -hmm. or we can just look at it from a different angle so we can find somebody, well, at least it's not as bad as mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and I, you know, I don't know if that makes sense to everybody, but I know that there's some people who will get that, mm -hmm. that, um, you know, we just look for that perspective that makes it seem not so bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you probably couldn't see that at the beginning though. I mean, it, no. it just, there's oh, just no, no way. I mean, it, it's, it's a process and yes. those kinds of things happen down the road. Yes, absolutely. Cause yeah. And, and going back to the beginning in the first few months, oh, it was, it was horrible. It was just to think of going through the rest of my life mm -hmm. without Jeanette was just, 
impossible to even conceive of that. I mm -hmm. wondered, how can I even live like this? How can I live without her? There's such a hole there. And I can't imagine years and years going by right. and living without her. And one thing, one of my um, encouraging people in my life, my sister, um, also lost her daughter a few be years before I lost Jeanette. And she was able to encourage me in that it's not always going to be this dark. You're not always going to hurt this bad. You're going to learn how to, I don't know if I want to say learn how to live with it, but I'm not really sure how to word it. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I was going to feel better than I feel right then. Mm -hmm. And that was true. And you, you eventually do come to the place where you can see things differently. The memories that are so painful in the beginning, after a while, they're still bittersweet, but they're more on the sweet side than the bitter side. Right. Something that you shared with me just a couple months ago that you realized you had been holding on to the pain in a sense thinking, I think some of it was subconscious, mm -hmm. yeah. that you were holding on to the pain thinking that's what was keeping you attached to Jeanette. Yeah. And that's so common for us. Yes. So common. And I think it's almost, we each need our own revelation of that. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to hear it over and over again, that mm -hmm. it's not your pain that keeps you connected. Yeah. It's your love. Yes. It's your love that keeps you connected. But we all need our own revelation of that. And for yeah. you, you were like six years. Not mm -hmm. that you were in the darkness for six years. But it took you that long to realize, I really can let go of this pain, in a sense. Mm -hmm. I mean, it will always be with us as an undercurrent, but, but not something to hold on to right. as an attachment yeah. with our and child. And that really was a totally unconscious thing. I did not... No, I was doing that. It was a total light bulb kind of moment when I realized it's not my pain that keeps me attached to her. Um, and, and I don't even know, I don't even have words to describe that kind of feeling. But it was, it was a revelation when I realized it, that I'm keeping myself in this, in this place, and I don't need to. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah. So, Sarah, how have you been able to get to a place of being able to live a life of meaning and purpose again? That definitely goes back to my relationship with the Lord. And I, I don't know if I can put it in any other way than that. Um, and this is something that uh, I talk about in my book. And I talk about uh, in my grief support group that, that I have. Our relationship with God can be shaken by this, mm -hmm. especially if we've, if we've been the kind of mom who would pray for our, our, our children and pray for God's protection mm -hmm. or pray for God's healing, and then they die. Mm -hmm. And that shakes us. It's like, yes. what, what just happened? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but in, in me, that just caused me to draw closer to God, to even find him more and more that he was with me, that he didn't do this to me. It's very mm -hmm. important to understand that God didn't do this to me. Uh, he didn't take my daughter. Right. 
not to be blaming God for what happened. And that, that whole, that whole subject isn't another subject. And I know you've done, (laughs) you've done podcasts on it, so I don't need to go there, but it was important for me not to withdraw from God, but to lean on him even more. And that was my strength that he was my refuge. I could not have gotten through this without him. It would have been more than I could bear, mm-hmm. but he was my, there to bear that burden. Yes. Yeah. When we push him away, it's we're pushing away the one who can really meet our needs and give us true comfort and give exactly. us, lead us back into the light from that place of darkness. You mentioned your book, Footsteps of Hope is yeah. the name of it. So share a little bit about that. My book, Footsteps of Hope mileposts to guide your journey through the grief of child loss was just published in February this year, 2020. And um, it's a devotional journey going through the process of grief. As you, as you go through this journey, um, we go through tangled jungles, we go through hills and valleys. We, it's like ocean waves of grief. There are all these, uh, I use a lot of travel Mm. metaphors um, I use, uh, I, I think metaphorically. So in, in this, I present a picture of, of a journey and mileposts, uh, I use that expression because mileposts mark progress on a journey. And uh, so this is, um, you can read it devotionally. It's not designed to, to be a daily devotional, but just as you come up in your own grief journey, uh, you can flip through the book and find different places to read. It literally covers the first five years of my grief. When when I started writing the book, it came from my journal entries in the first weeks, the very early days. And then as I go through, by the end of the book, I'm almost at the end of the fifth year. So there's a lot of journeying <laughs> right? Yes, definitely. through my experiences. And when I was writing the book, um, even when I was writing in my journals, I knew I wasn't just writing it for me. I knew I was writing for other people. But as it came to time to publish it, I wondered, you know, this is my story. This is my journey. How will I know if anybody else will relate to it? Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't sure. And since it's been published, I've been getting so much feedback from people um, about how much they identify with it. And even somebody said, I could have written that this morning in my journal. Mm, mm-hmm. And so it, people are relating to it. Um, I, even though I know all of our journeys are different, mm-hmm. there are things we feel and things we go through that are the same. Yes. Um, we do experience the darkness at first, the, um, so many of the questions and um, so much of the uh, loss of purpose, finding a purpose again, loss of identity, finding our identity again. There are things that, that we, all, we all wrestle with. Mm-hmm. And uh, so even though, yes, it's my experience, people relate to it because mm-hmm. it's, So much of it is their experience too. Right, right. And it's kind of like when people know that you've lost a child, it's like, oh, you've been through the worst of the worst. So I can, you can help me. And 
and you have that extra layer, it's like, okay, so she has lost her only child. She's got to have a lot for me, <laughs> even if I haven't lost my only child. You know, it's kind of like the worst of the worst of losing your child <laughs> is <laughs> losing your yeah. only child, I think. Yeah, and I had the uh, blessing to write the foreword for that. Yep. And how can they get that book, Sarah, if they're interested? Um, it's available on Amazon. That's the easiest place uh, for most people to get it. Um, it's also available at, at Barnes and Noble um, online. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it might be available online at Walmart too, but I haven't actually ordered it from there. Okay. So just it's look around. Yeah. yeah. Wherever you order your favorite book, just look and see if it's there. <laughs> right. Okay. Sarah, anything else that you want to share? Is there any, any words of wisdom or thoughts that you want to share as we wrap this up that you haven't shared yet? Um, I also wanted to share about in our relationship with God, one of the things that we struggle with is prayer. And I know I did, and, and it comes up in my grief support group, is how do you pray when, when you've trusted God to take care of your children and then mm -hmm. they've died? How do you pray for other people? I can pray for, for you know, as, as a conversation between me and God. Mm -hmm. I can talk to God easily, mm -hmm. but how do I pray for needs? Mm -hmm. How do I do intercession for people? I'm not sure if God's hearing me. I'm not sure how he's going to answer. Mm -hmm. um, that faith in prayer is kind of shaken. Yes. And, um, and that's one of those things that takes a while to journey through. Mm -hmm. um, I think we just have to give ourselves time. God gives us time. Yes. God gives us grace mm -hmm. to work through these things. He understands that what happened to us was a trauma and that trust is going to be hard for us after a trauma. And so if we will just keep seeking him and not closing the door on it, but just keep seeking him. He will heal those places in our heart and in our mind so that eventually we'll be able to trust again. And that prayer uh, relationship that we had uh, will be restored. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I'm in a place now where I can pray and believe that he hears me and that he's going to answer my prayers. But there was a wow when I wasn't sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that seems to be kind of a common thing. Yeah, I agree. I'm glad you shared that. That's really good. So Sarah, uh, do you have a website? Yes, it's um, hopefootsteps.com. Okay. And can people contact you through the website or do you want to share an email if someone wants to get a hold of you? Um, yes. They, I'm also on Facebook. That's probably the main way I connect with people is on Facebook. Okay. Um, and it's, I use my full name, Sarah Faith Nelson, and you can probably find me that way. But my um, email address is writingsmiles2 at gmail.com. And that's writing, like writing with a pen, smiles, number two, at gmail.com. Okay, and we will have all those links in the show notes. If you didn't catch them with your ears, you can, <laughs> we'll have links to that in the show notes. So just check the show notes. Sarah, thank you so much for sharing your heart with us, sharing Jeanette with us and some of your journey and 
I know we just enjoy our friendship and I'm just, I thank God for you. So thank you for having me on. Oh, you're welcome. Love you. Love you too. I hope you were encouraged by several of the things that Sarah shared and that you connect with her, especially if you are looking for someone who understands the depth of losing their only child. And be sure to check out her book, Footsteps of Hope. I found a lot of good nuggets from her when I read it, and I think you will too. You can have a chance to meet Sarah. She and her husband, Dennis, are planning on joining Dave and I in December of 2021 on a grief cruise for six nights to the Western Caribbean. This is something I have wanted to do for years, and God has finally opened that door. Now, this grief cruise is for any loss, spouse, sibling, grandparents, any loss that you have. But GPS Hope will have its own track in the seminar for bereaved parents. Anyone can sign up through GPS Hope. It doesn't mean that you have to go to the GPS Hope track. But when you sign up through GPS Hope, then this ministry gets a portion of that seminar fee when you go. So we would love to have you join us. To find out more about it, go to gpshope.org slash cruise. I also want to mention that Dave and I will be pulling out from Wisconsin in the Hope Mobile mid-October. That is coming up fast. And we're putting our itinerary together. Well, Dave is anyway. Right now, we plan on heading through Ohio, down through Kentucky and Tennessee and on into Florida, and then through the southern states into Texas by spring. So if you are somewhere on that route and you want to try to meet up with us, send us an email at office at gpshope.org, letting us know where you live. We are open to meeting with a group or just meeting with you one-on-one. We love to meet bereaved parents as we travel. Let's go on to our birthday segment. Kevin Stoneburner was born on September 1st and is forever 27. Raylan Hoffman was born on September 2nd and is forever 22. Tony was born on September 4th and she is forever 24. David Hector Toledo was born on September 5th and is forever 36. Francesca Ann C. Agravanti was born on September 6th and is forever 8. Brady Keith Herbert was born on September 7th and is forever 30. We know how important it is to continue to recognize the day our children came into this world, so we celebrate with each of these families this special day. If you want to have your child's birthday announced on the Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast, all you have to do is go to gpshope.org slash birthdays. There's just a form to fill out with the information we need to announce it, submit it, and I will add your son or daughter to our birthday segment. I want to close this episode by reading a little bit from Sarah's book, Footsteps of Hope. They say depression is a normal part of grieving, but I don't like feeling this way. If this is my new normal, I don't want it. There's a lot about this new normal I don't like. 
This is not how my life is supposed to be. I guess that's the root of what I'm resisting. The fact that my life has turned upside down and coping with grief has become normal. I'm angry that grief, sadness, and depression are in my life. But this morning, as I read Psalm 71, I am reminded of all the hardships and difficult times I've faced in my life. Nothing in the past comes close to the devastating loss of Jeanette, but it's not as if I've never been in rough, uncharted waters before. And in all those times past, God stood with me to give me strength. There is not one time in my life when God wasn't there for me. God strengthened me and helped me get through every struggle and hardship I've ever faced. This psalm reminded me that God is still with me. He hasn't forsaken me. God is my refuge and my strength. I needed that today. That's from Footsteps of Hope by Sarah Nelson. And as always, remember to hold on. Pain eases. There is hope.